Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. With me, as always, my co-host, Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. And this week, Ben, Banker Tank, not a not a banner showing by either one of us. Oh, it's a tank, all right. Yeah, we De- both tanked. Definitely, for sure. I mean, I was 500, but that that's nothing to hang my head on, so. And the only reason why I got two is because one of them didn't end up playing, and the other one got injured during the game. Oh, so. So, really, we can debate the two. But no, four. I mean, it is what it is. They didn't get the points. I mean. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, not happy with where I ended this week. And the game of the weeks didn't really turn out to be. No, not at all. Not even close. No. Uh, I mean, mine was a, a blowout. It was a drubbing from the word go. And the Ravens just dismantled the Texans. Yeah. It was um, kind of sad to watch. On one end and impressive on the other end. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Texans were a little bit more. I thought it was going to be a nice battle, but no. It it was just horrible. Yeah, I don't know even if they're injured players on defense, if they're playing, if that makes a difference. No. The, way, the way Lamar Jackson had that offense going, man, they were they were unstoppable. They, they weren't. They were, I mean, they were a well-oiled machine. Yeah. They just, they looked like a team that can't be stopped right now, honestly. Well, since you were talking about that, uh, Lamar Jackson. I know you have him for your MVP favorite, and I did not. Um, after this weekend, obviously you're still on board. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in, 100%. 100%. I'm still... Still on board with Russell Wilson being the number one in the clubhouse. Um, the numbers, I can go through the, the whole numbers. They're, they're even across the board pretty much. Like, if Lamar Jackson's got a lead in this category, Russell's got a lead in this category. Right, right. You know, Russell has more passing yards. Lamar has more rushing yards. I can go down the list. What's going to do it for me is where they're going to end up. Because right now, Seattle's worst loss is New Orleans, whereas uh, Lamar Jackson's worst loss is Cleveland. Right, but we do say all the time, division games have to be judged in a different light right. because the teams are so familiar with one another. They see each other twice a year. I mean, they are just they're just a different animal. How many times, it's just something we can compare it to, within the AFC East, the other Patriots, a, a a dominant offense or defense, and then they go into Buffalo or a, a poor Jets team or a bad Dolphins team, and either they get beat or the other team puts up one hell of a fight. Right. And it's it's you're looking at it going, this is not this is not normal because this is not a good team. Patriots are a good team; they just got beat. But <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I have to be fair. Because, quite honestly, if we come on here and we want to, you know, take our little jabs and talk trash and all that, it's not going to mean a damn thing if we can't admit when we were wrong or not wrong, but because I did pick Lamar for my MVP. Right. He looks good against any team. I mean, yeah, they lost to Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, whatever. They went into Seattle and beat Seattle. True. Not an easy thing to do. They beat New England. It wasn't Gillette, which I would love to see them match up. Against them, against the Patriots in the championship, AFC championship in Gillette. 
late January. That'd be one hell of a game. But to beat the Patriots, who were undefeated at the time, and just, right. you know, the defense was steamrolling people, and they really made them look pedestrian. Okay, then they come out, and they beat a very, very bad Bengals team. And I was, I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, you can only play the teams that are in your schedule, but everyone wanted, everybody wanted to get on the Patriots about their poor schedule and how they didn't play anybody tough. And now, you know, the Ravens come out and they beat the Bengals twice. And, they, you know, and where's the same level of criticism? I'm sorry, but the Patriots do not beat Houston by that score. At this point, no, they don't. They just don't. I mean, it, w- it was just a total drubbing from the word go. The Ravens had them. They are on a roll, which I have not seen in a long time. I mean, you can say, well, Kansas City steamrolled people last year. Yeah, Kansas City couldn't play defense last year. This isn't the Ravens' defenses of the past, but no. they're formidable. They're a very solid defense. And if this offense can keep rolling the way they are, man, they're going to be tough to stop. I mean, the only the only – the only the only thing is with with Russell versus Lamar is they have comparable schedules ending the season where they don't face they face a couple like each of them faces San Francisco but that'll be Seattle's second go at San Francisco and they both t- both of them only face two reasonable competitions uh, for the rest of the season. This is gonna be one of those seasons where it comes down to the end of the season. Who has the better numbers and who showed up in the bigger stages? Because let's be honest, they're both eight and two. They need to win every game. Right. Seattle's trying to get the not only try to get the number one seed, they're trying to win the division, and yet they're still behind San Francisco. And even though Baltimore has I think it's a three game cushion on Pittsburgh, three or four games. Still can't sleep. You still gotta, still gotta face them. Got a couple more division matchups, so it's gonna come down to the end of the season. I don't think it'll be week seventeen. There'll be weeks fifteen or sixteen where we'll know. Okay, that's our MVP this year. Well, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played, but I mean, for me, we can only go on what we've seen so far. Right, and that's just exactly what we're saying. I, you can't guarantee. For all you know, Patrick Mahomes would go on a tear. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson could come back and go on a tear. McCaffrey could score sixteen more touchdowns. I think it'll be a quarterback. It's really hard for a running back to win unless they broke some kind of record, like two thousand yards or the overall touchdown record. I mean, you had guys like Marshall Falk and Adrian Peterson win it. I believe Peterson won it back when he had his two thousand yard season. Yep, he did. Those kind of guys won it. It's really difficult. For a running back or anybody besides a quarterback, just because they have the ability to, to statistically just dominate. Right. It's going to be Lamar. It's going to be Russell Wilson in the end. Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, will be in there. I don't understand that one based on. I mean, you're talking. You have Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, and then the conversation should just stop. Right. Unless, to your point, Patrick Mahomes just. Yeah, if he goes, goes off. off, but I don't see that happening. Doesn't really look like he's going to be able to put up the kind of numbers he did last year with that team around him, injuries, whatnot. But, I mean, barring injury, it's going to be Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Right. And for my money right now, it's Lamar. It was last week, even after we beat the Bengals, even after I said they were a bad, uh, the Bengals were a bad team. 
and people were kind of being, you know, wishy-washy on, oh, the Patriots play bad teams, they suck. Right. Ravens play bad teams, they're awesome. Well, the Ravens proved they're awesome. They they proved. They, they, like I said, Seattle in Seattle, and they beat the Patriots, and they dismantled the Texans. And those are three extremely good teams. Yeah, it's 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 a nail biter at this current moment, and we will see who wins it out. It's going to come down to: is somebody going to trip up at the end of the season so that the other person can essentially take the lead, or injury being the more unfortunate, which I hope is not the case because, I mean, Russell Wilson, we we know he can. He can come back if he's been injured or he's not 100%. But Lamar, uh, you don't know because he depends so much on his speed. Right. You don't want to see a player like that get hurt and have a takeaway from what could be a brilliant career. I mean, and I'm talking as a football fan, not as a Patriots fan. As a Patriots fan, it's like, oh, let the kid struggle. Not get hurt, but struggle. As a football fan, God, he's fun to watch. Yes. He, he's a lot. I mean, he just he does things nobody else can do. Well, I remember I, I, I correlate him to Michael Vick. Because when I watched Mike sure. the first time, I, I, I just I was in awe. I remember watching Michael Vick play in, I was, in college. I was a huge fan of him. I didn't watch him much at Virginia Tech, but when he come he came on the scene, I, I was all in. I bought the I got the shoes, I got the jersey. I was like all in on Michael Vick. You, you know me; I don't watch a lot of college football. Yeah, but back when Michael Vick was at Virginia Tech, I would, and I was I was not like a Virginia Tech fan. I'm not trying to claim that or nothing. But I would actually watch because he was so exciting and so dynamic and you yeah. hadn't seen anything like him before. And, you know, he just, he was electrifying. And then, you know, not a very lovable character for obvious reasons later on in his career. But we're not talking about that. We're just talking about purely from the athletic standpoint right? of he was incredible to watch. You know, and some people may not even be able to, you know, separate that. And I can understand that because I have a hard time with it myself. But pure athleticism, yeah. Michael Vick's the only one I can even think of to, to compare Lamar Jackson to. Guys like RG3 even were not at the Vick-Jackson level. Well, the, yeah, the other problem was Lamar started last year. So he essentially is now, I think he's eclipsed his 16 games for his career. Unless he has some catastrophic injury, catastrophic injury he's going to blow right past RG3 because RG3 went a season and then it just started going downhill from there. Um, I just, I just, I think you have to, they're, they're two different players. Lamar and, 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 and Michael are two different players. Um, but if you dispel Vic and I will, I will stand on the side of Vic because I literally grew up with him and I, I liked his, his game on the field. Grew up watching him, not grew right, up with him. Right, right. Okay. I didn't grow up with him. Yeah, watching him, and we're just getting Mike. We're just getting Lamar now. But they, they, you know, don't dispel Mike just because he was back then, and think that Lamar is light years ahead of whatever Michael Vick was because Mike did the same, not the same exact thing that Lamar just did. The um the the big run. What, oh yeah, two yeah. weeks ago last last week in Cincinnati, the big spin move. Mike had one of those against Minnesota, and he it was for something. So not to say Lamar's wasn't, but Minnesota he was facing a a, 
a better Minnesota team than what Lamar faced last week. Right, right. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. It, you, and I think people do that all too often. It's like, what have you done for me lately? Right. Like you see the new the new flavor come out, and it's like, oh, he's way better than this guy because nobody has really watched video on Michael Vick in a number of years because right. he's been retired and right. whatever. But, I mean, yeah, you, you can't just say, yeah, Lamar's better than Michael Vick. No, he's comparable as far as talent. That's all we're saying. As far as uh, athletic ability and, and, and skill set goes, both have a rocket for an arm. Yep. Both can tend to struggle with accuracy. Yep. Both can move around like nobody, nobody. I mean, they're they're a video game. They're a living video game. Yes. I mean, you may as well just have a Madden controller with a joystick. When when you see those two running around, spinning and, and jumping everywhere. But no, yeah, you can't. Even uh, when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl back in all one, and people saw it was a picture of uh, Tom Brady and Joe Montana, and they're like, oh. Just Tom Brady kid. Maybe Joe Montana could learn a few things. And, you know, now it's like, okay, you can, you can, most people, despite their Tom Brady dislike, can, I can, can tell you what he's accomplished yeah. and how good he really is. Uh, the same as Joe Montana. You can put those two, you can put them neck and neck now, but back then that was a preposterous statement. You're talking about a kid who, who, who was a, a good Game manager plus yeah on a defensive led team, which is essentially what he is now in the later stages of his career, which is fine. You can still win gameplay. Got nothing wrong with that. But he was no Joe Montana yet. Lamar Jackson was no Michael Vick yet. Right. So I totally agree with you there. You, people just want to jump way way too quickly on the oh he's better than him. Nah. And even even and even in Michael Vick's case. He when he when he was that first on the scene, it was like, oh, no one was like Michael, no one's been like Michael Vick. Pump the brakes, folks. If you don't remember, if you go back about a decade, there's a gentleman. Actually, he played while Michael Vick yeah. started. A gentleman by the name of Randall Cunningham. Yeah, just as electric. And go watch highlights of him. Warren Moon was no slouch himself. No, he was not. Uh, so there's. I'm not saying they're all the same guy. But there's talent, generational talent each each in each generation. Lamar might just be that this generational talent at quarterback where he elevates the the league. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is too, but let's be honest, talent wise, Lamar has more than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, if you're talking like pure athleticism, sure. Yeah. If you're talking who has the ability to be a better long-term quarterback, I take Patrick Mahomes all day because I think he has a better skill set over the long long term. Like Mahomes has struggled this year, and it's not just injuries. Like he supposedly came back at hundred percent, he was fine, and he only missed two and a half games. It's not like the guy missed the entire training camp and he missed the first two months of the season. Right, Patrick Mahomes did not forget how to play football in that twenty-game period. The twenty day period when he was out. Yeah, it, 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 that's not the case. Not the case. The thing is, nobody had seen him last year, and it took the league a while to catch up to him. Right. And then they did. And it's not that Patrick Mahomes is any less talented, or not that Patrick Mahomes can adapt and be what he was last year. Again, in the future. But right now, 
people were catching on to some of the things they weren't catching on to last year. And the same thing happened with Lamar. Next year, he's going to come out, and he might lose a few games. And then people are going to go, oh, what's wrong with Lamar Jackson? Well, nothing. But that's a natural progression. People catch on. Teams catch on. Right. And then those players have to adapt. I believe they will. It hasn't happened to Lamar, so I, I can't say that. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. He, he has all the skill. He has all the tools. Once he gets back into a rhythm and, and he gets some of his players consistently healthy back around him, yeah, he's going to be a force once again. He's he's not. It's not like he all of a sudden lost it in three weeks. Well, you could say that. You could say that about Mar- Marcus Mariota that he came into the league, Heisman Trophy winner, top pick, flash on the scene, mobile, did did nice stuff, and then the league caught up with him. Mm-hmm. He didn't adapt, but he didn't adapt. And he injuries as well, but he also didn't adapt. So, and it's the same thing that happened to Mitchell Trubisky right now. He's not adapting. People no. figured out what he is. Thing, same thing's going to happen to Josh Allen if he doesn't figure out that the league's going to button up his his running or he's going to lose a step. If he doesn't figure that out, then he'll catch up with him too. It's all a matter of adjustments. It's like baseball, all a matter of adjustments. If you don't adjust, you're going to get left behind. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I. <laughs> And it's funny you, the Josh Allen reference. I, I've I've since the beginning of the season and called Josh Allen poor man's Lamar Jackson because I mean they're both guys who people say struggle to pass a really good runs. Uh, Lamar still has a chip on his shoulder. I'm not bad for a running back, and that's cool. Hey, whatever motivates him to play better, right? Go for it, man. Uh, being a 32nd overall pick that motivates him. Well, if it makes you play like that, go nuts. Uh, but yeah, you know, you got uh, Josh Allen. I don't think he'll be able to adapt. Honestly, I don't. I don't see Josh Allen being a long-term quarterback in this league. Not not as a starter. Maybe a nice backup. Maybe like a Ryan Fitzpatrick who comes out at once, <laughs> once or twice a year, has a couple of decent games, and then the starter's healthy and he goes back to the bench. Uh, Lamar, I think, is just such a different animal. Again, if he can stay healthy. Just needs to dodge those big hits. And I have seen him the last couple weeks, even on the design runs, duck down and not take the hits. That's all he needs to do. And if he does that, mm-hmm. guy's going to have a really, really solid, respectable career. As long as he, as long as his passing game starts to catch, needs to start catching up to where his running game is. So when when his running game takes a hit, because it's going to because of age. That's just fact. I'm not even... Father Tom's undefeated. Right. Uh, Tom's given a good run, but it's undefeated. You're right. But he needs to he needs to get closer. Because if it doesn't, as soon as that athletic ability gets, starts to deteriorate and he doesn't get that passing game up, he'll be out of the... Maybe not out of the league, but he'll be RG3. Well, RG3 is a different story. I don't think RG3 had... A talent that really translated to the NFL all that well. You also can look at a certain organization that doesn't know how to handle players, period. As in Washington? Yes. Yeah. Poor Dwayne Haskins, man. That poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. So, since we're talking about the MVP, I think it's only right to talk about, we'll re- rehash the our four top teams in the NFL. 
Oh, I mean, I'm all for that. But let's just uh, let's kind of go over the, the teams in contention in general. Oh, you want to do that? All right. We can we can name our top teams. That's fine. Okay. I'm all for that. But uh, I think a little little playoff picture. Okay. We can do that. So who who do you right now? If you had if you had the power rank, the number one team in the NFL right now, who do you got? Seattle. Really? Yeah, Seattle. Even with that loss to New Orleans and the loss to Baltimore, I get the losses. Uh, but they they went and beat San Francisco. And I think Russell Wilson this year is seems to be on a mission to put together a run. And they're re, they're trying to recapture that magic they had a few years back when they made that the two Super Bowl run, the one they won and the one they lost. I think he's on that mission. Chris Carson is turning into the running back they drafted. Right. Oh yeah, he's been really good. And Tyler Lockett is emerging as a number one yeah, in the is. slot. Yeah, he is. Despite your criticism. And and DK Metcalf, he he's pulling. He, DK and and Kyle Lockett are playing off each other because when one gets coverage pulled off to the other, that person's exploding. And now it'd be beautiful if Disley was still there yeah, because now yeah. you're looking at you're looking at an offense really that just erupts. End. Yeah, Disley's a really really good tight end, and I, I hope he can eventually get to the point where he can stay healthy because getting a full season with him would be huge. Yeah, and to your point about Kyle uh, Lockett and DK Metcalf. Not only are they talented, but Russell Wilson is good enough to make everybody around him even better. Right. So, even if they're not open, he's going to find a third, fourth receiver right. without a problem. He's going to run for 15 yards. He's going to make the defense pay somehow. He's going to hit that check down. Despite all that, I don't think Seattle's number one. So, who's number one? Baltimore. Baltimore. I only say that because, you know, being in the AFC, I, I tend to... You know, being a Patriots fan, I do tend to keep an eye, a closer eye on the AFC teams. And I've seen a good portion of Seahawks games, too, they're usually on later in the day. And they're phenomenal. They're an outstanding team. They're easily, I mean, I think I'd probably rank them two or three. Uh, I think, I'd, honestly, I think I'd, I'd probably go Baltimore, Seattle, San Fran. Uh, maybe New Orleans at four. Uh, but... I mean, like I said, they just dismantled Houston. They beat an undefeated Patriots team. They beat Seattle in Seattle. I totally understand your arguments for Seattle because it's it's really like choosing one A and one B, right? Because they're both that good. And that game they played up in Seattle was incredibly entertaining, and it was a really really well played game. And but I just think they're on a roll right now, and they, like you said, they still have some tough division games to play. They do. And as of right now, they're the number two seed in the AFC. And if nobody gets to the Patriots in the next few weeks, the Patriots have a very, very easy, you know, that's that's weird to say because it's NFL caliber teams, but an easy schedule the final three, four weeks of the season. But they do have Dallas and KC coming up. They have Dallas, Houston, and KC. Yeah. You still have to, even though they got destroyed, you still have to respect Houston. Totally. Because they have the talent. Yeah, absolutely. But if the Patriots can do what the Ravens did, then they'll 
dismantled them in the same way. And I think considering Houston's offensive line struggles, I think it's going to be a really long day for uh, Deshaun Watson when they do play. But that's a few weeks away. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But I, I think that'll they'll have a, a really – if you have the Patriots defense on your fantasy team, start them that week. Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd go – I'll agree with you. I'll put Seattle as my second my second seed. Well, I got Seattle, New England, San Fran, one, two, three. See, I'd probably put – I'd put New England four or five. I, 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 you know, and the funny thing is I think I think they'll be there in the end. I just think right now, based on how teams are playing, yeah. if you put them against Seattle, I don't know if they can win. If you put them against San Fran, I think the way the teams match up, it'd be competitive, be fun to watch. I think they could win that one, but it'd be tough. Baltimore, the way Baltimore rolled last Sunday, I don't know if right now they can. However, getting Isaiah Wynn back is huge. huge, huge. Because that's going to give Tom Brady an extra half second to a second to throw, and all those routes are going to develop. And that's going to be an entirely different offense. The running game is going to improve. The passing game is going to improve. That defense keeps playing the way it is. In three or four weeks, we'll be talking about Patriots being number one. But as of right now, I haven't seen on a field to reflect it. So just looking at the picture, broad spectrum. Your one through four in AFC is New England, Baltimore, KC, Indianapolis. Okay. Your two wild cards is Buffalo and Houston. And then your three, I'll say three. Looking in, looking in, is Oakland six and four, Pitt five and five, and Tennessee five and five. And there's the a couple of four and six that are kind of. I I I I, I yeah. know they're mathematically not eliminated. I I I throw them out. They they're facing too many opponents that need wins. The thing with this year is, is that there's, I mean, even with the Patriots, they have. They have to win every game because right now you have Buffalo not right on your tail, but they're nipping at your bud. And if you drop two games, and especially if one of those games is Buffalo, you're now surrendering the division to Buffalo. Did you say nipping at your bud? I did. Is that a phrase? I've never heard that before. It's, it's, I heard nip, them in, nip it in the bud. That's probably what I meant. It's all right. I just want to, I want to make sure I heard that right. That's yeah, all. That's, I think that's what I meant. Okay. No, no, no. Carry on. Sorry. I mean to interrupt. Um, and I think o- Oakland, Casey has to take Oakland seriously. That's the only one I really take seriously. Um, of those, Oakland, of those? Of the three that are not in. I was, yeah, no, looking, I agree. Looking in, that's yeah, the only one. Because not only does Houston need to look at Oakland and say, seriously, and Buffalo needs to look at it seriously because it's it's – if they lose to New England, like that game is going to be big against New England. If they don't win that game, that could mean a playoff for them. In Kansas City, they have to take because they have Oakland after the bye. They lose that game. That's a huge. That is a huge swing. Oh, absolutely. Because you go from being the division leader at number and a third, the third seed, to. I mean, depending if Houston wins, and if Buffalo wins. Kansas City uh-huh. be out, out yeah. of the playoffs. Yeah, either picture. either a last wild card or out, and they're not going to get a home game. And they they I I would say they kind of need a home game, at least one. 
quite honestly, the way I've seen them play at Arrowhead the last month and a half, maybe better off on the road. But they also, I think they would need a bye. Like if there's a team that needs a bye, give give Mahomes an extra week to rest that ankle. He can say his ankle's 100%. He could say his knee's good. He had sur- surgery on it, on a dislocated knee. I'm, that was like two and a half weeks, three weeks. He had ago. surgery. I thought he, I think he went without I surgery. I, think, I don't remember. I thought he did. I'm pretty sure he went without surgery. Still had an injury. Dislocated knee. Yeah, it's still not not nothing. Yeah. I just don't see. I don't see how it's possible to for Oakland not to take not to be taken seriously by multiple teams. Think of the teams you, of the six teams in the playoffs in the AFC right now. Patriots and Ravens, I mean, you never want to say anybody's a lock because you never know what's going to happen with injuries. I think that's going to be – that's going to shake out to be your number one and two seed. Regardless of whatever order it is, it's going to be Baltimore, New England as the one and two seed, I believe. Uh, the Chiefs, man, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Oakland's right behind them. They play again. They're only one game back. I, and if Oakland can somehow win that game – tie and then the Chiefs the Chiefs are hurting I mean I don't even know what's going on they just do not look like the same team they were last year and they still have to face New England yeah in New England and, I mean good luck with that they better come off this bye week ripping and just dismantle Oakland to put Oakland and the rest of that division to rest right because if they don't Oakland gets its you know hey we got a shot and they go on a they go on a winning streak. Now I'm not saying that it's guaranteed that the Patriots are going to beat Kansas City, but I if I'm gonna if I were to pick at this moment, yeah, I picked the uh, picked the Patriots over. Oh, right now, absolutely. Especially what I've seen on the Kansas City the last few weeks, a very poor Chargers team took them to the end, and it took four Phillip, in, yeah four Philip Rivers interception. Philip Rivers had to go full Philip Rivers in order for the Chiefs to pull that one out because it was. Still a possibility that the Chargers, as insanely poor as their quarterback play was, were on, what was it, the 12-yard line with like 30 seconds left? And if they had a competent quarterback, which Phillip Rivers is not, by the way. Correct. If they had a competent quarterback, the Chiefs aren't even in that game. No. They're, 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 quite honestly, they're, they're probably down two touchdowns at that point. Was the turnovers early in the game that, that- – Kansas City was just giving the ball away to the Chargers. Yeah. It, it just – the Chiefs need to wake up. This is not last year. No. And you need to wake up and say, we got to come out of this bye week and we got to rip it. Mm-hmm. We got six games to put it down. Let's go. Or five games. Sorry. Five games to rip it out and, and win the division and try – it's going to be hard, but try to try to catch up to Baltimore because they have the tiebreaker over Baltimore. So if you can manage somehow to get this, it's going to take a, a couple losses by Baltimore to catch up. But it's possible, unless, of course, you just crap over yourself when you come out of the bye and you just don't take the Raiders seriously. And then you don't take the rest of your division. I think because they think they got the Chargers as well. I think they have one more time. But if they don't take them seriously, forget it. Kansas City is going to 
pack it in and be a, maybe maybe a wild card team. And you could say, although there'll be a scary wild card team. No, no, because their defense is still bad. Yeah, I think of of the six teams currently in, in the playoffs, I think Patriots are good, Ravens are good. I don't mean good as in quality. I mean good as far as playoffs go. I think the Bills will be in, honestly. They played very well. Their defense has really, really been stout. They can take that loss in New England if if it really comes down to it because I think they still have Miami on their schedule. Yeah. And I don't know. They, have, they might have another game against the Jets, do we? They might have, yeah. I mean, I, the Raiders have played – they they dismantled okay. their team in about two seasons, and they're 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 doing this. Yeah, and, and I mean, which I'm very impressed by because I, I thought that team was going to be horrendous. I don't see them. I don't see Indy blowing it. I know they've they've really struggled lately, but they had, you know, they had Brissett out. He was hurt. And he's coming back. Well, yeah. He is back. He's back. They won last week with him. They're going to be getting Ty Hilton back. Right. Marlon Mack is missing a miss a few weeks. He'll be back. The team's going to be at full strength with a great offensive line. Do I think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders? No. But they'll win their division. They'll win the division. They'll get to the playoffs. They could be a threat. You never know. I, I mean, I've seen crazier things happen in this league. But I think I, I think of Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs, Colts, Bills, I think will be there. I think the Texans have to be very, very careful because – their losses have been against opponents that could have the tiebreakers over them. And if they go against a Baltimore team that now has a tiebreaker over them, they lose to the Patriots who has a tiebreaker over them. They're not going to find themselves in a very favorable position if it comes down to wild card spot when it, when you come down to a division record and mutual opponents and all that stuff. I think that I think the two teams that need to worry themselves. I I agree with Houston, is Houston and Kansas City. I think they need to worry themselves because they don't have this easy run, and it's every Sunday is anything's possible. But these two teams need to figure out what they're going to do because after the shellacking the Texans just took, and the fact that Kansas City almost got beat. Despite, by the Chargers, despite four turnovers by Philip Rivers, like come on, that's yeah. I, I don't know where to go with that. It's just, I mean, and Houston's going to have the Colts and the Broncos two games against the Titans. You know, both those Titans games are going to be fist fights. Oh yeah, the division games going to be close. Absolutely, that Week Seventeen game could decide. The division between them and Indianapolis could decide if they're going to go to the playoffs. And a wild card team that has like has to face has to play every single down all the way to the end, and then the following week has to go into someone else's playground. And and what if what if Houston has to face Indianapolis in the wild card or Kansas City if it's Kansas City? Like that's not. That's not something to be looking forward to. I think we've. Uh, I think we picked apart. I think we've uh, 
Yeah, we've picked apart the AFC. Well, we can transition the NFC real quick. Yeah. Uh, this one's this one's a little more. I think a little more clear, if I can say that. I think so. You're you got San Francisco nine and one, Green Bay eight and two, same with New Orleans eight and two, Dallas is six and four, and then your two wild card teams eight and two, eight and two. I'm even though we know what Kirk Cousins is, I'm confident that the sum of the parts will be better is better than the quarterback. Cousins has played better the last. Uh, it's been a tale of two different parts of the season for him though. That first five or six weeks he looked just horrendous. And since then, he's had one down week, and he's been better. But yeah, but Dalvin Cook and that defense will not let them lose that spot. I would say the only there's, so there's really I say there's only one spot open. That's the NFC East, which I, I think I still think Dallas is the team to be there. Yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, unfortunately for Dallas, Philadelphia, as bad as they are, as bad as their secondary is, is one game behind them. And I think it, it does open the door for. Dallas to lose it. I don't think they will, but it opens the door. But everything else, I, I don't think I don't think the Rams seriously. They're not going to catch no, up. Oh, they've been terrible. They're not going to check. They're not going to catch up to the 49ers. They're not going to catch up to the to the Seattle Seahawks. And Carolina, get out of here. You're not you're not catching up to New Orleans. No, and I I know I know you're you're feeling on, on the whole. Uh, Sean McVay, Jared Goff relationship. Yep. I, I get it. I, I'm not. I'm not. We don't need to rehash that. I no, put that I, on we tape. don't. We don't. We don't have 15 minutes. Um, but man, they've just looked like they lost their way entirely. Yes. I mean, I know they played the Bears this past week, but they have not played the Bears the past month, and they've just looked atrocious. They, they've been absolutely terrible. Where is Cooper Cup? Witness protection. Yeah. Clearly. This, this Henderson kid they drafted, who's the most dynamic athlete they've drafted since Todd Gurley. They've used him like 15 snaps all season. And considering you have Brandon Cooks and concussion protocol still, you don't even know when he's going to play again. Robert Woods was a surprise inactive. And Cooper Cup is good enough to beat the defense's top corner, and he got four targets? Are you kidding me? And if you and if you and and if someone gives him the excuse, well, they probably doubled and triple teamed him. Well, if they did that, then wouldn't you think the running game would yes. uh, destroy yes. anything going on? The running game would have been more effective. They have two very serviceable tight ends. They would have seen more action. Their offense and the genius that is apparently Sean McVay uh, has seemed to disappear. I don't know this, where it went. This is where a genius okay, comes in and dips his hand to the offense and says, I give you life. Because if you're not a genius, then what are you doing? Because yeah. you, sh- you should be able to take that offense no matter what's going on. Some of the great coaches, whether the offensive or defensive, can dip their hand into that, their, side of the, their side of the ball and, and give it life no matter what they have. And yet he seems incapable of even doing that. You are full of weird analogies today. I know. I'm all over the place. I don't know what it is. I'm feeling rambunctious. That's another weird one. We're going to throw <laughs> that in the pile. I think Ben had too much caffeine today, folks. It's possible. Um, I just don't see... Uh, I see the, the AS, NFC East coming down to it. I see, I see it coming down to the end. 
Oh, it very well could because Dallas has some no. good competitive games left. The the one that's going to come down to because they they Dallas will have the Redskins the last week of the season. It's going to come down to that week sixteen matchup in Philly. That'll be the big. That'll be the tipping point. Oh sure, because uh, even though Dallas will have New England, Buffalo, back to back, which those are those are tough games, and that's. If I'm reading this correctly, that's four days apart. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's this Sunday coming up, and then uh, Thanksgiving, then Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, those then, are those are two very good defenses. But then they'll have Chicago, L.A., and I think by then the Rams will be. Well, Chicago is still going to be a good defense. So congratulations on getting those three defenses in a row. Right, have fun. And if you ask, if you ask the Rams, well, they're winning by defense now. Really? Nah, no. You're, the you're, Patriots are winning with defense. The Rams are winning in spite of their bad offense. There you go. That's See, exactly what it is. Eloquently put, sir. Yeah. They're winning. Be, they're only winning because they have a good defense, but they're, it, 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 their offense is just inept right now. You see, a team, a team like the Patriots right now, with their injuries and things like that, had to revert to a defensive game plan. They had to revert to a ball control, attempted ball control. Has not been always successful, but an attempted ball control offense where they take advantage of opportunities and just have played solid defense. The Rams uh, just looked like they walked into a dark room and, and just started throwing stuff around and saying that's an offensive game plan. That's not working. No. No. The Rams, the Rams, they, they, they look lost on offense. Defense is fine. Defense is coming together. I mean, you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that side of the ball. If you had those two guys and then nine schmucks off the street, you'd still be a pretty decent defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the offense, I mean, and, and I realize they lost people, like I said. I realize Robert Woods wasn't playing this week. Surprise and active. So I can understand that effect in the game plan because it, it was a surprise. It was like last moment. You knew Brandon Cooks wasn't going to be out or wasn't going to be on the field. He hasn't been on the field in several weeks. Uh there's just no reason Sean McVay cannot adapt and come up with a game plan that makes this team function like it's capable of. And and if you, to your point, if you drafted this talented kid, and I'm not pounding the sand for or pounding the drum again, messing up these analogies. I'm not. I don't pounding, even think they're analogies. I think we're using that word wrong too. See, I'm all over. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, that was on me. That was my fault. I'm not trying to beat the drum for Daryl Henderson, but if you have a talented kid, right? This is the same thing I said about the Bears. It's the same thing I said about the Eagles. Did I say it about the – I didn't say it about the Buffalo Bills because Singletary was injury here and there. But I did say about the Bears and the Eagles. Utilize the talent you drafted. Yeah. If you're so high on this kid and you already know that – and they won't say it. Todd Gurley has a pitch count. Of course he does. Then why don't you utilize all three running backs? A bunch of other teams do it. Oh, yeah. There's a team that beat you last February that utilizes three running backs. Sometimes four. Sometimes four. But there's plenty of teams. I'm not for it. Fantasy-wise, I hate three running back systems because then you don't know what to pick. But if you're an NFL team – and you need talent on the field, and you lose. Robert Woods, 
you won't have Brandon Cooks. And your best receiver is getting double team, possibly triple teamed. Put more talent on the field. Just do it. Get him in. Even if you can't get him on pass patterns, get him in the backfield. Put Gurley in pass patterns. I'm sure he's capable. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown's been in the league a few years. He's capable of doing stuff. Absolutely. You just you're not again. Put him, up, put him split him out to re, at receiver. Right. Yeah, you said get your talent on the field. Somehow get it out on the field. That's how the Patriots would roll down the field a couple Super Bowls. Is they'll just they'll put their package out there that no, I, I, we don't care that you're not receivers. Burkett's going to go out there. White's going to go out there with Gronk and Edelman and one other person, whoever is at the moment. Dorsett, a cooks cooks a few years ago. It's been, you know, whoever they have, put the talent on the field, have the plays drawn up, and go for it. But if you don't, and you just say, well, we have injuries. Nobody cares that you have injuries. Every, every team has injuries. So Every team at this point. Every, every, I think the one team that appears to be relatively healthy right now Oh, that hasn't, to the best of my knowledge, really suffered any major injuries, Baltimore. That's what I was going to think. Baltimore. That's the only one I can think of. Seattle? Or am I missing someone? Seattle, Seattle ended up losing Disley. Oh, right. I think they've had a few players on defense. Yeah, um, I got I to gotta agree with you then, yeah. And I, I and Again, it's not saying nobody on Baltimore has gotten hurt, but, like, you know, you're not talking a, a, major, a major injury that's going to, you know, affect your game plan. Right, like with Isaiah Wynn coming back now for the Patriots, it's huge. You're going to see an entirely different offense. You're going to see the same offense you saw the first couple weeks of the season, that really had it together and could really control the ball, could really control the uh the, the clock, and it's going to be a whole different thing now. Oh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. I think they may have had. Oh, they have their Thielen. corner. Um, Thielen. Huh? Thielen. Oh, Thielen was out. Yeah, and then their corner. Um. Xavier Xavier Woods, I think, missed a couple games. No, Trey Waynes missed a couple games. But to your point. Well, Xavier Woods plays for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's why I meant. Yeah, I meant Rhodes. I meant Rhodes. Yeah, okay. But I, I also, thought so. I just wanted to clarify. I also meant, I was thinking of uh, Trey Waynes okay. missed time. Um, But to your larger point, yeah, Baltimore is probably the only team that really hasn't had that. <laughs> Look how well they're playing. I right. mean, um, when you have all, all, your, uh, all your, your cogs in the machine. Runs a lot smoother. Right, it does. But I think the interesting thing about the NFC playoff picture, it's not going to be how many teams are in it. We we know who's in it. We know who's – it's Philly and Dallas are pretty much fighting for a position into the playoffs. It's all the teams that are pretty established, we think, are in the playoffs, where the season's going to ride. Because you have two, two teams, Green Bay and Minnesota, they have the same record. You have New Orleans at 8-2 and – I'm sorry, Seattle at eight and two, and San Francisco at nine and one. You don't know where they're going to fall. I mean, we know New Orleans pretty much has their division wrapped up, but it's just going to matter where who's going to have the one seed, who's going to have the two seed. I think I think the way it is right now: 49ers, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings—the six teams that are in the playoffs in the NFC right now. I agree. Whatever the seeding is going to be different. I think it's all six teams. I think that's – I just – I – I through my picks the past, I'd say, four weeks, I've proven that 
the Eagles secondary is paper thin. See, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen them get shredded. I, I don't. They didn't get treaded this weekend because or last weekend. Who were they facing last weekend? Oh, dude, I forgot. I forgot. I barely remember who they played. I wouldn't remember they played the Patriots. That <laughs> I watched it, you know. But they're still, they're still, their defense is still not great. Would you at least agree with me on that? Oh no, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not suggesting that they're they're an awesome defense, but they're not. I mean, we keep saying they're paper thin. Yet, when was the last time they really got hammered? I mean. We got to be fair here. We can't say, "Oh, they're terrible," but they're not getting killed. Like bad teams get destroyed. The Bengals get destroyed because they're a bad team. The Dolphins—they've showed a little more life recently, but they're a bad football team. You know, the Jets. Uh, you know, the Giants. Although I think that's been a lot to do with injury, also, and transitioning from Manning to Jones. So, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. So the last three games, they're two and one. The first game they beat Buffalo 31-13. Okay. Then they faced the Bears and won 22-14. And then they just got beat by the Patriots 17-10. Okay. Before that, they gave up they they gave up 38 and 37 points back-to-back games. Okay, but all, all I'm saying though is they got their players back. Who but they, they get, got they got their secondary is healthy get, again. Who did they get back? I don't know, but if you ask Tony Romo uh, from the uh, from the broadcast this past week of uh, the Patriots Eagles game, their defense got everybody back, and that's why they were playing better. They're not playing. The, the the Patriots offense is not playing better, and we can agree on that. Yes. Yeah, but okay, but here's what I'm saying. All I'm all I'm saying is if we we can't just keep sitting there, and I realize. You're you're not a fan of the Eagles. I'm not a fan of the Eagles. Okay, I get that, but we're supposed to be unbiased here. We're not gonna be, you know, we're not trying. Uh... But I'm also a realist. Okay, but the reality of it is, if the defense is that piss poor as we keep saying it is, the Patriots and the experienced Tom Brady should have gone in there and put forty up on them, and they didn't. They barely won. I think the Patriots' offense is a little disjointed right now, and they are a hundred percent. But we can't keep saying paper thin, paper thin when they're giving up like 13, 14 points a game. Like, come on. Well, you, you take the Bears seriously? I did defense seriously. The defense, but the defense wasn't on the field against the Philadelphia defense. Okay, but Buffalo? You got a mobile quarterback uh, will, like Josh I will, Allen? I will grant you Buffalo. You got a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen? Not, not a great quarterback overall, but with his running ability? I'll All grant- I'm saying is either okay. they've gotten players back or they've adapted Don't what you had to do. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I well, don't think they beat Dallas. Let me see what they do this weekend. They have Seattle. Okay, so or, let's go against the, one know. of the best offenses in the league. And let's judge you just next, off that. It's, again, back to the schedule. It's the next team on the list. Right. Because then you can't take the next game seriously either. Because the next game after that is the Dolphins. And the Dolphins don't know who they have at quarterback. And their, their best receiver, I would say, is the rookie guy that got put on IR. And Man, I'm I'm I'm, gonna, I'm really trying I'm really trying to put together a solid argument here, and like the schedule makers just did not make it easy on me. Don't worry, they're not favoring me either on this. It's like <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm like no no we gotta be able, we'll be able to tell we'll be able to tell, and they're like not, not it's not a steady stretch. Like you, then you get one of the best offenses in the league against bottom of the barrel, and it's right. like man, okay, well, 
Now that we've how, just how now this? that we've talked four minutes and just run in circles. How about this? The the Philadelphia Eagles are an enigma. We don't know what they are. All right, I can go with that. We'll have to see what they are. The tell will be the Week 16 game at home against the Dallas Cowboys. That will be very telling. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because the Cowboys have been tremendous in some games, and they've looked absolutely terrible in other games. Right. So yeah, okay, I can I can go with that. Okay. I can go with that. Now that we've torn apart both the AFC and the NFC, is there any situations that <clears throat> came up this weekend that sh- you would like to discuss? Man, I'm sure it's been talked about in every way, shape, and form, but but we I have, think we you should, haven't. You need to give your two cents. We haven't discussed it. Uh, it has. It happened after our last show. It was a Thursday night game, I believe. Right? Yeah, we were. We finished recording. We just wrapped up. We we shut off everything. And we thought the game was over. I had to work in the morning. I went to bed, and I wake up, and I see uh, overnight the NFL world apparently just blew up, and apparently there is a at the very end of the game. Yes, Miles Garrett rushed the quarterback, hit Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph. You know, it wasn't a sack. I believe he got the ball out and everything. Then around the ground, Garrett was still holding on to him. Rudolph apparently did not take too kindly to this. I don't know if anything was said, what was done, what the two had said to each other during the game. I have no idea. They, they Garrett goes to get up, and Rudolph apparently is, like, pushing on him. Like, it was really kind of weird to watch actually because he's this very tiny human being yes against massive miles garrett yes and he's like squirming and pushing him and shoving him and and, and hitting him in his helmet and everything and so they get up and they're still john with one another and then the center comes over i, for, I keep forgetting the guy's Mar- name uh, marquis pouncey marquis pouncey i forget which one is on pittsburgh uh marquis pouncey comes over and he's trying to get between them rudolph's still running his mouth Garrett grabs Rudolph's helmet, pulls it off of him, and after a little more pushing and shoving, swings the helmet and hits him in the head. You know how to do that? What's that? You know how to take the helmet off and swing it? No, you are not allowed to take any kind of weapon or projectile and strike your enemy. This is not this is not NFL blitz from back in the mid nineties. I just think we need to have that question asked and answered. I cannot remember seeing something like that and i'm not gonna go i'm not I'm not using hyperbole i'm not gonna go this is the most disgusting display it was just bs there's no place in the game for it right uh miles garrett was suspended for the remainder of the season at minimum yes rightfully so the doors open for further next year and quite frankly i would have no objection to that either i asked you earlier in the year I believe they were playing the Jets. And Did the Jets the, or the Broncos? The Browns were playing the it was the Jets because that's yeah. when um that's when they they put their third stringer in. Yep. And that was the first game Darnold was out. And uh Miles Garrett had a couple of hits on Trevor Simeon. I believe it was Trevor Simeon was their backup. Yeah, I think so. And it was just they, they were late. He was flagged for them. They were and I remember asking you this kid a dirty player? And you're like, well, he doesn't really have the rep for that. I don't, I don't really think so. After seeing that and seeing this, 
I have to question it. Either he's a dirty player or the kid needs to get his temper under control because you can't do that. I've seen people making the argument like, oh, well, you know, in the heat of the moment, he just he swung whatever in his hand because Pouncey started hitting him. No, and... no, Pouncey, but Pouncey didn't hit him until he swung the helmet. Right. And and the thing is, is if you're going to hit him, if you're going to swing at each other, I mean, that, that's, that's childish enough. I mean, you're adults. You're adults and you get to play a child's game for money. Right. So first of all, grow up. Second of all, I do understand that emotions get and, and things you know can flare. There's still no place in the game for what Miles Garrett did. But what's Mason Rudolph doing grabbing at his helmet? Well, that's the thing. Because as you said to me earlier, did you hear what Mike Tomlin said? Oh, and it's gem, again, the, again, the, Mike the Tomlin. Just keep coming. Mike Tomlin, who will absolutely face no responsibility for any negative action of his team whatsoever. Do you, do you want me to tell you exactly what he said? I mean, yeah, sure. Um, he'll take no responsibility whatsoever for anything negative happening to his team. People asked him what he could do to make sure it doesn't happen again, and he's essentially said, "What was it?" So he, he Tom Tomlin rebuffed the idea that the game-ending fight could be used as a teachable moment for his team. Nothing to learn there. I don't know. You've got to ask those guys. I don't know what we did. Any, I don't know what we did. Anything to make it happen in the first place. That's why I said we didn't have anything to learn from it. Which is completely forgetting the fact. I don't blame Pouncey. No, I don't blame him either. He was defending his quarterback. He was defending his quarterback, his teammate, somebody who, I mean, even if they're not going out for a beer on a weekend, I assume is at least very friendly with. And he had just seen this massive human being rip the helmet off his quarterback and swing it at him and hit him in the head. So Pouncey reacted. Pouncey did not react with a weapon. Pouncey just swung at him and, and, and kicked him. Kicked him. But did he kick him? I thought he, I thought he threw a punch at him. He threw a punch and okay. kicked him. Um, and you know, not excusing those actions. Like I said, this is a game we're playing, but tempers do flare. And picture picture yourself with like your best friend, and somebody is swinging at them and cheap shotting them, and you're just standing there in the middle of trying to stop it. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in the middle of it. You're going to react in ways you might not normally. Right. I don't blame Pouncey. Mason Rudolph needs to get suspended also because now as far as it going too far, it's on Garrett. It's on Garrett. Mason Rudolph, maybe a game. Look at him on the ground. Mason Rudolph is, is kicking. He is supposedly he kicked him down there. Yeah. Well, then miles Garrett's a monster because he didn't sell that at all. I, don't, I didn't even see him react to that. Well, cause I think he was already angry because he was yeah, well, his helmet at his helmet. Yeah, you have and a charging he, bull, and right. you hit him, you know, in the uh, yeah. the southern quarters. Uh, <laughs> he's going down. So I think so. Mason Rudolph did get fined, but I agree, it's not enough. No, because even though Miles Garrett shouldn't have done what he did, no, Miles Garrett's in the wrong, hands down. Mason, you can't. Why are you grabbing at his helmet? Yeah. Why? Because he hit you hard. What do you think is going to happen next? Guess what? You turn around. And you're going to see this little little yellow thing fly from the ref, and they're going to call a penalty. Not only not only grabbing at his helmet, but I mean they were on the ground maybe half a second after the play was over, and they were kind of entangled 
and he is freaking out. Watch that play again. Mason Rudolph is like frantically trying to get away. Like Miles Miles Garrett was it was on top of him for like ten or fifteen seconds. No, like the play happened. It was over. Miles Garrett goes to start to get up. Mason Rudolph is 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 flailing around, grabbing his helmet. Gets up, grabs his helmet again. So for that, and instigating this whole thing, he got a fine. He got a fine. That's it. And and everybody is painting him as a victim. He's just as much of a jackass for starting this thing. Now, on the other hand, again, that does not justify Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is extremely wrong and should have been suspended for the rest of the season and beyond because that is just an entirely different thing to take a weapon, a guy his size, and try to strike another human being in the head with it. I don't care what your excuse is. If you have anger issues or whatever, you still shouldn't be playing. But you need to get that worked on. Yeah. There's no place for that. I want to say something positive about Baker Mayfield. Because that was a moment where the team... Yeah as a whole, should have really had a moment to celebrate. Should have. Finally beating Pittsburgh at home, prime time. Yeah, it's not the, not a dominant Steelers team. But again, the Steelers weren't beating up on good Browns teams all those years. So whatever. Right. Miles Garrett did his damnedest to take that moment away from them. Baker, in a post-game interview, could have come out and did exactly what everyone's supposed to do. There's a code. You're supposed to stick up for your guys no matter what. No, I don't buy that. Miles Garrett was wrong. And Baker was not afraid to say that. That's true. He's going to be a team leader. He's got to act like it. And I think in that moment he did. He wasn't over the top. He wasn't, oh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't Baker Mayfield, the showman. Baker Mayfield, I'm shaving my beard three times in one game. Thank God. That was a human being who saw something that was very shocking. That was just like. There's no place for that. It was uncalled for. You can't justify it at all. It wasn't over the top, but it got the point across. And I've seen people criticizing Baker. He should have stood up for his guy no matter what. No. BS. Total BS. If it had just been an altercation and Garrett and Rudolph had just been pushing and shoving, fine. No problem. What happens if Garrett hits Rudolph just right in the head with that helmet? The size of Miles Garrett. I I heard it put very very well a few days ago, and it wasn't like over the top. It was just simple, and I don't remember who said it. Miles Garrett tried to end him with that attempt. Yeah, and that's there. There's no there's no cutting through that. You understand what it means. He tried to end Mason Rudolph with that attempt. He missed, luckily. Yeah, thankfully. But we praise Baker Mayfield. Do we dump this at the foot of Freddie Kitchens? Uh, No. Why? Because you don't see the other 52 people on the Browns roster running around doing stuff like that. That's That isn't... But, but, I mean, not specifically just an event like this. I mean, in totality, 
everything, all the expectations coming into the season. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now we have what's going on, everything that's going on. The, the I, inequities on offense, the inconsistencies on defense, this incident, the fact that Baker and, and Odell had their little, you know, fight against the media for like a week or two, you know, needing to discuss – Baker's mustache for 45 seconds in a press conference, which was idiotic. And Freddie's inability to articulate his words, much like sometimes myself. All that combined, I think it's at the step of uh, the footstep of um, Freddie Kitchens. And what he should be doing is reining this team under control. And leading them, and I don't think he's doing that. Uh, I, as far as what's on the field, the product on the field, sure, absolutely. I don't think he's a leader. I don't think he's a great coach. We've discussed that many times. Um, one of those guys would be a really good coordinator, but as far as leading the team, no. I don't put this Garrett situation on him because this is a whole different situation from anything we've seen before. And I mean, we've seen a few things, even even like the Albert Hainsworth incident a few years ago. Or we we've seen some stuff where it's like, oh man, that's not Dominican Sue doing his. Yeah, none of those things could have ended as poorly as Miles Garrett swinging a helmet, a fifteen pound helmet, at the head of another human being. Uh, okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Because I was gonna say the the was it was it Albert Hainsworth, Hainsworth um, spiking Andre Gerard in the face. Yes, which is terrible, awful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not not justifying. So your that. point, yeah, okay. So I agree with your point that. Potentially, yes. Garrett's worst case scenario could have ended, but, but fortunately, it didn't. Right. And Andre Gerard getting his face stomped was probably, I think, in my memory, probably the worst I've seen. Yeah, and I'm probably forgetting a few, honestly. But yeah, I mean, no, I don't. I don't put the Garrett situation on Freddie Kitchens. I put everything else wrong with the Browns on Freddie Kitchens. I put everything together on him. I mean, I wouldn't have been opposed to dismissal, but I think at the end of the year, you just have you, you the GM. Bye, you have to say goodbye. And if the GM won't do it, then as the owner, bye both of you. Well, speaking of saying goodbye, we've about hit our limit today. We are gonna sign off for now. Thank you very much for listening. As always. Any opinions or ideas, or you just want to tell Ben how wrong he is about all his opinions and things? That's fine. Uh, or me. But come on, let's be honest. You're going to tell Ben. <laughs> uh, nope. Hit us up on social media. And Ben, how do you do that? Uh, well, you can go on Twitter, Ben Chris Talk FO1. You can go on Instagram, um, look at the videos and pictures that we put up on there. Uh, that's Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. Or you can go on Facebook on our community page and hit us up, message us, whatever. And that's Ben and Chris Talk Football. Talk with us. Talk with each other. Talk with your imaginary friend. Just get out there and talk football, guys. See you next time. Thank you.